Hello, ciao, my name is Benedicta Giunta and I'm the host and creator of the podcast The Chronicles of a Black Italian Woman. Hello, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome back. Today we have another episode of the Diaspora Hood series. I created this series slash segment, well, I would say more segment, of this podcast where I'm in conversations with people of the African diaspora but also with people that share different backgrounds and different stories and oftentimes consider as the other and I'm in these conversations to better understand different topics, different perspectives when it comes to issues of race but also so many other uh, issues and perspectives so I hope you enjoy it and uh, Today, I have a very special guest. I, always, I think some of you will think that I say that about everyone, but seriously, for me, every guest like is special, but because they have their own uniqueness, their own stories, their own perspectives. And today, I have a friend of mine. She's from New York, Brooklyn, in the house. Her name is Cherie. Dunklain. Welcome, Cherise, to the Chronicles of the Black Italian Woman. Thank you, thank you. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. As you can see, like, my girl, she got the energy, you know, and she's so, like, positive and supportive and absolutely adore her. Like, welcome, Cherise. Thanks, girl. It's an honor to be here. I'm grateful, grateful. so thank you. I'm also grateful to have you here and grateful for you. Like, girl, your energy, your spirit is always, like, so nice and uplifting. And I'm just like, oh. Whenever I think about Cherise, I'm just there, like, yeah. No worries. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today in this conversation yeah i'm excited slash nervous but it's okay it's fine okay that's good so shall we start on actually on like why are you excited and nervous about this conversation shall we unpack that sure okay um uh, well i'm excited because i I feel like this is the first time I'm doing anything like this, speaking on a podcast. And so thank you, Benny, for having me and caring about my thoughts. Um, but also nervous because I never do anything like that. And I was telling Benny that I only talk about race and racial issues amongst like friends. Like I never really speak out too much publicly about my thoughts, my experiences, how I feel and and so that makes me a little bit nervous because yeah this would be like the first time of me bearing my my soul about these things so yeah mm. oh wow now I just say thank you because seriously like you you are nervous it's something that's a bit uncomfortable for you and you decided to do this for me your friend and for this podcast so I'm really grateful for your support. 
and for your willingness to engage. So yeah, can you uh wait? Uh, you said something about like you prefer to talk about these topics among your friends. Uh, mm-hmm. did you have like maybe a past negative experience for which you were like, oh, okay, I'm not going to talk with you about topics uh surrounding race and other issues. Um with other people or is it a matter that okay I feel more comfortable talking about my with my friends or do you feel like oh maybe you don't have like enough knowledge on the topic although like like I mean like God you black from America uh, but like um may I ask you like what do you think that makes you nervous to um to share like your experiences surrounding race outside um yourself or um, I feel like there's a lot of factors. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like in general, I'm not that outspoken. Um, and I've always mm-hmm. been on the growing up, I've always been on like the quieter, shyer side. And I feel like mm. there has been like a point in my life where I just felt like my voice doesn't matter. And so like, who cares oh. about like what I think? Um, and I feel like that's for various reasons. But I also feel like um, times when I did attempt to have conversations about race and racial issues um, with people outside of my friend circle, you, you kind of get like, um, people get defensive. They, they mm-hmm. kind of make you like try to doubt yourself, doubt your experiences, or you try to like, argue against it or, and I'm just like listen I don't have the energy to fight with you about this so I'm just gonna shut up and just not say anything and just keep my thoughts to myself um and so I feel like that's also where a lot of it stems from as well because I literally just can't deal with oh. people sometimes mm, I feel you on that I feel you I feel you I feel you because mm. honestly like yeah like I feel you like because Although I'm very vocal when it comes to issues surrounding like race and racism and stuff, like still it doesn't even come as easy for me, mm-hmm. even sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like yes, I'm vocal, yes, I'm an activist, but at the same time, I grew up as well in a predominantly like white um white town in the end of the day. Like you know, mm-hmm. literally. So Feel like it was hard for people to share or understand my experiences, and there be times as well that been shut down. Like I still remember when I was in high school, and oftentimes, like every now and then, the topic of immigration will come up. And where I grew up, like um, is in the north, so we have there is a party called the Lega, uh, and it's the like kind of. It's the far right party. It's the far right party here in Italy, and it's kind of stronger in the area where I grew up. Uh, it's not as strong as in Varese, but it's kind of still like it has like its um two like strongholds and stuff there. So, uh, like growing up, like oftentimes, like my classmates, they would take like opinions close to those parties. So. I remember one time we were in the class and I don't know what happened, like the topic of immigration came up during the class and one of my classmates went, oh, 
because yeah, but these immigrants they just stay there and they don't do anything. Da 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 da. da. And then I replied, I was like, yeah, but that's not true. Uh, and I was trying to explain my point. And uh, the girl turned to me and she goes, oh, but anyway, you're not an immigrant. Like you were born here. I'm just there, like girl, like my parents. You're talking about immigrants. You're also talking about my parents. And I don't think people realize that. I think they're talking. I'm just there, like, I, like, I, I, like, I didn't even argue as much at the time because I was just there, like, what? But, and she just shut me down like that. So I was like, what are you talking about? And uh, yeah, so there are times where, yes, I express myself. There are times where you hear from me. But there are times where I'm just there, like, I don't know what to tell you because, first of all, you're not making sense. <laughs> and secondly, it's also like, um, yeah, it's also like you want to protect yourself and you don't want to also sometimes argue maybe the trauma, the challenges that you had, like growing up. So I absolutely get it. But I also like what you said about you felt like Gigi had a voice. And this is something, something that I mentioned in the first episode, uh, about like the, the fact that why I created this podcast, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that all this of the importance of finding again, I guess. Uh, my own voice and yeah so I think it's important I'm glad you're here and I think like the whole thing intertwines to a certain extent like on why I started this podcast and you said that oh you you like you felt like you didn't have a voice so I'm glad I hope this could be still a how will I say it a vessel could that be a term that of like yeah like that's for you to use your voice and your voice matters anyway so and i think it's important that people hear from you as well thank you benny for that and thank you for sharing that experience because yeah girl and it's interesting because i feel like he some people can just have a view of like what an immigrant is and it's like if mm-hmm. if this if what anyone else says is not lining up with their view of what an immigrant is like they're wrong you're wrong i'm right you're wrong because this is how i feel like an immigrant is or this is how i feel like a situation mm-hmm. is and because you don't agree with me or if you, because you're challenging me on this you're wrong i'm right like and i don't want to like hear it i don't know like i feel like it's um People have to be in a certain space. I feel like you can tell when someone would be open to having a conversation or where someone mm-hmm. would be defensive and, you know, not really listening, just want to get their point across and not even try to understand where you're even coming from or something. And, and so, yeah, it's definitely something we navigate all the time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's so so true and so relatable. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know why. To, like, yeah, oh yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, and it's like, uh, like speaking of which, like, I do have a question, and and it's just like, so I know that you grew up in like a majority white town. Um, were you yeah. the only? person or you the only like black person were there just a few others like in your class or maybe in your school like how was uh, like 
those statistics? Okay, so for me, like actually in my class when I was in primary school uh, and in my year between my town, there was another black girl, uh, but although she was adopted. So the thing is that when I was growing up, what I always thought it was the fact that there was a different treatment from reserved mm. to me and reserved to that black, uh, to that black girl. So, like, I could see the difference in treatment oftentimes because I was seen as black, black because I was black and my parents were black and they were immigrants. So I felt kind of I had a different treatment. I was more hardened. Meanwhile, mm. this girl that she was adopted, she was treated as Italian uh, as part of the group because, like, in the end, she was adopted and... Uh, she was seen more as uh, Italian, I would say. So, for this gotcha. reason, I think that, yeah, like that was, but there were actually other black families and other immigrant families because the area where I uh, come from is actually a pretty um, industrial area. So, at the time, uh, there were like quite a few migrant families that migrated to that area. Although, like, I grew up in town and not in the city, um, there were still, like, quite a few, like, migrant families uh, with different backgrounds, and which this included uh, people, like, from the, the where, like, other black people, like, uh, one of the girls that grew up with, she was Nigerian. Uh, then uh, there was um, my mom's friend as well from Gono. Uh, like, there were quite a few families. Uh, like mm-hmm. they were, like they were black. Uh, they were black, or uh, was Senegalese as well. There is a big Senegalese community in Italy. Uh, so there were like quite a few, but especially when I was growing up, I knew like Sanghania families, Nigerian families. So in school overall, like yeah, I was just chatting about. Uh, what we were talking, we were talking about. Oh, you asked me about uh, how was the demographics when I was growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. So yes, I mentioned that I grew up with a girl in the same, in my same year that she was adopted, but she was kind of yeah. treated differently. She was treated as Italian and she was treated yeah. as um, as part of the group compared to me. And uh, also... Um, and you know what? Uh, yeah, that we, I, I also had a yeah. question about that. And I'm, I'm just super curious to know, like, um, mm-hmm. She was adopted. Where was she adopted from? Oh yeah, sorry, I didn't specify. She was adopted from Ethiopia. Although, like, uh, because in the end, like my mom, yeah. But although in the end, my mom and my mom and her mom became friends, and so she, um, I think, uh, while they were talking, my mom kept on saying like, "Oh, she doesn't look from Ethiopia because she's pretty dark skin." So she's darker. She's darker than me. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So the one who was like, "Oh, it's so interesting that, like, yeah, she's quite darker and stuff like that." I wonder, like, what's her background? If she has any other heritages? I'm sure there are so many ethnicities as well in Ethiopia. And so, yeah. So that was my mom. Uh, my mom used to say, but yeah, she was adopted from Ethiopia, and so that's one of the girls I grew up with, and that was. Uh, and as I went to school, between like my, um, I want to say my town from uh, nursery to middle school, 
so that's how that was kind of the same girl that she was in my same year then there were a few people in the years above there was one girl but she was the sister of the girl uh, of my name uh, she was the sister and she was my neighbor of my friend uh that she was in and then also there was um as i mentioned before uh my mom's friend that she has two kids uh now they're grown and uh, she has two boys so they were like kind of the few families that we knew and mm-hmm. I think which time I saw that there were more families as well, and especially Guinean families, um, then there were other immigrant families like uh, Moroccans, uh, Tunisians, and people from Eastern Europe. So there was kind of a variety as well of, I, although like, I think it was found, I mm-hmm. felt it was very, um, I mean, okay. it's a very diverse, I think I was still exposed to some diversity as well because mm-hmm. so that's why i will do good so yeah that's kind of how i um that's how kind of i grew up how did you grow up chile in brooklyn uh, like in, i was your community life in brooklyn so um brooklyn is pretty diverse but it's also mm-hmm kind of segregated where there are neighborhoods that are predominantly black and Hispanic and neighborhoods that are predominantly um, Italian Americans, neighborhoods that are mostly Asian, neighborhoods that are mostly Jewish for sure. There's a lot of Jewish neighborhoods and it's literally only Orthodox Jews. Um, So, oh yeah. Yeah. So there's like a lot of, there's a lot of, diversity yeah within brooklyn and new york but um there are definitely um segregated um areas so like i grew up in coney mm-hmm. island and coney island is a tourist attraction so you do see a lot of people from everywhere um coming and visiting but the neighborhood itself is mostly black and hispanic and then there's asians as mm-hmm. well um and also mm-hmm. russians um Ooh. yeah and so the schools that I would go to um, were pretty, pretty diverse, um, which would be like, like with primary school, it was, you know, black, Hispanic, Asian and Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then middle school was mostly white, actually, because it was like a oh, gifted really? school. Yeah. And so there were a lot oh. of um, kids that came from like all different boroughs and from all over New York um, to come to school and uh-huh. a lot of them were white and then there were um, a smaller percentage of like black Hispanic and I think a large percentage of Asian as well and and so uh-huh. that's interesting because that um, makes me bring up another point um, yep is uh, that I grew up because I was more focused on my academics and, you know, more serious about my studies. Like I would always find Mm -hmm. myself in um, the advanced classes, the AP classes. And because of this, I would be either one of the two, maybe the only black person in the class. And, and so I, I would have friends who were white. Yeah. 
But I also found that there would be times when I would just feel super uncomfortable in class, especially when it was like time for social studies. And then it was the time to talk about slavery. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, I'm like the only black person in the class, maybe. And I would always just pray like, yo, my other black girlfriend, she better come to class today because I don't want to be the only black one in this class while they talk about slaves and taking slaves from Africa and the poor treatment. Like I would always feel so uncomfortable because I would feel like there might be like kids that would just be like looking at me or like looking to see like what the reaction of the black people are and uh, yeah girl so those were my favorite days and I would I want to be feeling the most comfortable but it is what it is Mm, I get it like yeah I can imagine it's challenging because you went from a diverse space to Mm -hmm. a more like selective and predominantly a white space Meanwhile, mm-hmm. I grew up like pretty much most of my life nav- navigated predominantly uh, white spaces uh, because mm-hmm. even like I chose as high school, uh, I went to an academic high school which mm-hmm. focused on, uh, on social studies. And the thing is that literally oftentimes children of immigrants are kind of more pushed towards like more technical schools and professional mm-hmm. schools. So the fact that I went mainly to an academic high school that was uh, it was in the institute, so there was the academic part and there was the professional part. And the profession on the professional part, there were like um, there were actually like more like children of immigrants or people that came recently from Italy. Meanwhile, in my high school, I was one of the few like people with the immigrant background. So even like mm-hmm. I think as black people are probably I can't even count how many black people are so during my years of high school. So I went for five years and I think it was me. It was another girl that she was the cousin of my friends I grew up with. And then there was also like the, the sister of my uh, friend I grew up with. And then I think there was another guy at some point. And maybe some other girl. So no, it doesn't even come up to 10, like mm-hmm. the black people I grew up with. And then there were other people who with other backgrounds, like I remember one of my uh, one of my friends from the year below, uh, it was uh, Indian, and uh, then there was another girl that she she was also for that part of Asia as well, um, and yeah. So overall, and then there were like other uh, other people predominantly from Eastern Europe. So okay, there was one guy who was, was Romanian, and other people that I, I knew from my year they had um, Albanian background, and also oh, I was in class with a Muslim girl as well, and uh, she the family from Morocco, and uh, where else? I think that's pretty, that's pretty much it overall. Yeah, that that was kind of how I grew up. But I can imagine like how uncomfortable you felt, especially like when it came to slavery. I think every black person can relate to the moment where like the slavery topic comes up and you know like that one or two classmates that they would turn or the old class would turn to with you. You're just they're like, Oh I was gonna chat about that today. <laughs> just like, Seriously girl, Seriously. and it's it's interesting because like 
And then when I went to university, of course, like it was predominantly white and Asian. Um, Mm -hmm. And I took a black woman's writer. Oh, it was like African-American women's writers class. And I was just like, like, okay, this should be cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And I go and I'm literally the only black person in that class. I'm like, dang. And so I definitely felt like... Everybody, if I had something to say, everybody got to look at me. Like, what? What does the black, black woman think about these black mm-hmm. books or whatever? And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh! But I mean, it was cool. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, 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 girl. Yeah, like he had he had these challenges, and I think some of these people, when you talk about these things, I think at first they would be like, oh, what do you expect? Oh. Uh, something because it would be like oh and then for example in the philippines people would be like yeah but this is a predominantly like white country so we say something mm-hmm. lame like that and then that the the moment that you realize that oh like actually that's not silly what i'm thinking about because i think for example like i remember with my um my ex-boyfriend i think one time we were talking and he was saying that oh um Oh, I hope not to be the only white person there. And I was just uh, like, mm. like it didn't sound right to me, but like you happen to be white, and mm. uh, it didn't sound proper right to me. And it's absolutely one like it's definitely not racist. It's definitely like as efforts to us anti racism and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. when he said that, it didn't sit right with me, but I couldn't understand, like, why it didn't sit right with me. Mm-hmm. But later on, like, I understood it. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course it doesn't sit right with me. Because, listen, I'm so, like, that, like, my normality is navigating, like, predominantly spaces that where I'm not, where I don't see myself. And you have to do one time, it was just one time, and just they're like, oh, excuse me? I'm just like, say, I'm just like, excuse me, say, <laughs> like, yeah. But, yeah, yeah like that was my everyday life, homie. Like, what's up? Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, that's it. And it's interesting because when we say it, it seems like, oh, like you're just complaining, you're just whining, you know, you're bringing the right style again. But then when it's the, like, the rules switch, like, you're just like, oh, <laughs> uh, you, you know now what, how I feel like now that you went to see Black Panther and you don't see yourself like now you know how I feel mm-hmm. and, and that's it and you're just like mm-hmm. okay okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly. <laughs> imagine we just started and we kind of are being like I, I like the conversation that we're having you know like, yeah and I, I think yeah, and I like also to hear a lot more like how you grew up. Like I know we mm-hmm. now we know each other for like a couple of years, but mm-hmm. um like give me a second please, sorry, just a second. And we're back. But yeah, I'm enjoying the conversation that we're having right now. And yeah. like let's get into like wait, you talk about how you grew up, but now you kind of grown girl. Like you just turned thirty recently, haven't you? <laughs> I sure did. I'm a whole Ooh. 30 years old, girl. Mama yes. mia. What the heck? Whoa. How does that feel? How does that feel? <laughs> it's very interesting. I feel like 
And it's funny because talking to like my friends who also turned 30 this year, yeah, we all experienced similar things, but it, it's been like a little bit of a roller coaster because at first it's like, okay, mm-hmm. thirty, and then it's like, it really dawns on you like, oh snap, I'm going to be in a whole other decade. I can't say I'm in my 20s anymore. And it's like, okay, I need to get myself together. And then it's like, oh. And then there are days I'm like, I feel like my body's just falling apart. I'm getting oh, oh no. <laughs> but I'm just being super dramatic and it's like not. And then it's just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm like super conscious now about like, oh my gosh, like, am I getting more bags under my eyes? Like, is my body changing? Like, am I like, you know, more susceptible to different things happening to me now? Like physically like with uh I don't know like I don't know whatever kind of like ailment or illness um and I feel like it's definitely all in my head however there is a beauty about being 30 and I feel like I'm super grateful for the maturity the growth that I've you know, experience. I feel like I'm definitely more confident in who I am as like a woman and as a person now than I was 10 years ago. And, and it's just like, I'm grateful to be where I am now. And I wouldn't want to be back when I was like 21, 22, because I was a completely different person. Um, and I, and I enjoy the person that I am now. And so I think that's, um, a beautiful aspect about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that that yeah. sounds that sounds like that on one side sounds cool, on another side sounds like uh-uh. <laughs> like it's just not like oh, like whoa. I don't want to hear about my body try to break. I don't want that. Like <laughs> as I'm not there yet. Like I'm just like I don't want that. Uh, yeah, like I think it's nice to go to your perspective about like turning charity because I think mm-hmm. I think more preparation you have mentally, like your last shot. I feel, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like I, I, I like hearing I like hearing these conversations about people like turning charity and stuff like that. I know like age is just a number, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I think like you have like those seasons in life, right? As you said, mm-hmm. like oh, you know the thing. Like, they work at 22 and I can still agree with that like I love my I, I personally feel like I love myself uh, almost at every stage in life well on every, every almost every stage let's say like mm-hmm. after 10 years old onwards onwards mm-hmm. I learned to love myself more but like yeah I, yeah absolutely but definitely what you said about like being charity um i think uh yeah like i i don't know i feel like for example like this year and i think back to last year for example i feel like i like me better this year than the year before although i always like myself but mm-hmm. i don't know for some reason i feel like i'm getting to that maturity as i'm approaching <laughs> the charity slowly <laughs> like yeah as I'm, a, I'm going towards that like yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's pretty cool. But then I feel like there are external factors that you can't control that can mm-hmm. you know, 
you know, thoughts in your head, like when you hear things like, oh, you know, after 30, a woman's biological clock, or like you have those family members, that's like, you're getting older, you need to get married, and like all of this stuff that of course society places on you. And, but like I I said that I, I don't think about these things, but I try not to, you know, use these things, these pressures from society to like, make me make any like rash decisions or you know do things out of fear rather than it's just like listen it is what it is and i'm just gonna continue to do me and yep. it's fine <laughs> but, uh... yeah. <laughs> but, uh... oh oh my gosh i can so relate to that like that's yeah. so relatable like yeah no i feel you like i feel you you know especially as a woman because i don't think like I don't know. By the way, if there are any men listening to us today, like let us know if you go through the same pressures that we do. But I feel as yeah. women, we go a little bit more because with this thing of the biological clock, and yeah, uh, yeah your body's changing, and also like culturally as well, depending on how many backgrounds you, like people will start asking, like, oh, yeah, when are you getting married? And da 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 da. I'm just there, like, are you paying for the wedding, my friend? You're talking. Are you paying for the wedding? That's my question. Let's start there. <laughs> big, big facts. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Are you? Okay. Do you want me to just settle for any man? Like, no. ah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> we got standards. <laughs> facts. Because, listen... I'm not trying wow. to waste my time. That's it. That's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel you. Like, yeah. You want to, like, you want to be in a nice, like, relationship, like, where you're shared, where you support each other, mm-hmm. where you feel uplifted and love supported, and where this, this is mutual, actually. Like, you don't want to be in any relationship, I feel. Like, especially if you're thinking about settling down, like, mm-hmm. uh, with, with, in this case, it would be, like, a longer relationship that will, like, that will go towards marriage or, like, think about marriage and settling down. Like, listen, if I have to deal with you, like, every single day, I, I at least have to get the right person that I can deal with. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. Uh, big facts. As we say in New York, big facts. Big facts. So big facts indeed. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. Yeah. Listen, because I, I feel like, yeah, there are some people that could, like, rush into marriage or just marry, like, any guy that comes along and pays them any attention. And then you see later on down the mm-hmm. line that they're abusive or, like, they're really mm-hmm. hitting on you. Like, no. Yep. Like, that I'd rather be single, like then go through all that, and so I'm fine, you know. So, listen, and yes, I absolutely agree with you because I think, as well, when it comes to uh relationships, I don't know, I think people can tell from this podcast I'm really into like talking about relationships and healthy partners and stuff, but I think it's so important. I think people don't realize that how common it is to like 
end up in an abusive relationship. And something that's not only physical, like, it, and people think like, oh, that's just only people that are from lower income uh, families. It's just only people that, are, oh, oh, especially like, but anyway, um, for those that don't know, me and Cherise know each other from like church circles in Italy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and sometimes people assume that, oh, these things don't happen between the faith communities. I'm just like, oh, oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> they do happen. They do happen. And we need to have a conversation about that. So I think, like, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So true. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important. Like, I think people like and uh, underestimate how easy it is to end up um, abuse into a relationship. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's why we just feel like we don't want to settle. That's it. Period. Like yeah. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. No problem. No worries. So, Therese, you mentioned about your family. So, like, I know that your background is Jamaican. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. 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 So, can you tell me a little? Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit? Like, what does it? What did it mean for you growing up? Like, as a child of immigrant. Uh, especially of Jamaican descent, and probably I would I, I would also like you to touch or or like how was your experience, for example, different from someone that um grew up in uh, was born and raised in the states but is descendant, uh, for example, in this case, descendants of the enslaved people. Like, can you tell me a little bit about that, please? Yeah. Um, so yeah, my parents, both of my parents were born in Jamaica and they mm-hmm. came to America in the mid eighties and me mm-hmm. and my sisters were born in um, New York. And so it's, it's interesting because I feel like we, we had a Jamaican culture at home, but mm-hmm. in school, Especially mostly when I was younger, I would say before high school, um, I never really connected with that part of me outside of the and and honestly, I don't know why. I feel like growing up at first, it might have either I just felt uncomfortable with being different from like even other black people who just like were just yep. born and raised and their families are all from um, America. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like maybe other people didn't think it was cool to be an immigrant or a child of an immigrant. Um, yep. So, yeah, so it was it was just very interesting. And it wasn't until high school where I went to a diverse school and there were so many children of immigrants and, like, Caribbeans and, like, everyone was, like, super proud of it and it was just like okay yeah i'm jamaican and i and i feel like that was like the first time i was able to start telling people like yeah my parents are actually jamaican and you know especially because my mom got her a very thick accent and so sometimes i have to translate for her because people don't always understand what she's saying um 
but like but yeah and so like as I got older and I feel like reggae was becoming more popular and then like the Sean Paul and the Iman and 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 these people were becoming more mainstream and it's just like oh yeah Jamaican and yeah to the point where like it's like cool it's like cool to be Jamaican or cool to be from like the Caribbean and but but yeah and I feel like because my parents like came from Jamaica to America to essentially like all immigrants like have like a better life here. Mm-hmm. They definitely, especially my mom, definitely pushed like academics and, you know, doing well in school, yeah. you know, because don't and like sometimes and, and this is something that, you know, Caribbeans do do. It's like, listen and, you know, don't be like the Yankee children and blah, blah, blah. Like it's like there was a difference <laughs> the Caribbean kids and just like the Black Americans, and it's just like, listen, don't be like them because they don't take their books yeah. seriously. They don't take this educate. They end up in yeah. the streets and blah blah blah. No, that's not going to be you. We did not come to this country for nothing. And so, like, I definitely took it seriously, and I and I made sure I was in my books and doing well academically. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So I feel like there were times when I did feel different from um Americans um and not necessarily in uh it it was not it's not the most uh humble way you know feeling that we you know were a little better like but honestly that's not so but yeah and also what else is interesting is just like yeah being in school and learning about you know slavery and learning about like the civil rights movement and it's just like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a disconnect because it's just like but like my parents didn't grow up in this like they were in Jamaica you know listening to Bob Mm -hmm. Marley play in Trenchtown and 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 so it's, it's it's a little bit of a disconnect where it's just like but like physically I look black and you might assume that like my parents you know were part of you know the civil rights movement and you know experienced separate mm. but equal and but in reality like no that's not necessarily like my history and so yeah I still grapple with with that because it's just like yes I am a black American but I'm also like very culturally Jamaican and and yeah, it's mm-hmm. just very interesting. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting because first of all, when you shared about like the immigrant experience, and by the way, immig- like I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, but today that we are recording, like I think, well, now today, it's International Migrant Day. And oh, wow. uh, it's interesting what you Yeah. And it's interesting what you shared about like growing up as uh as an immigrant uh, as a child of immigrant because mm-hmm. i'm just uh, like oh like i can so relate to everything that you said despite mm-hmm. i grew up in italy i can so relate to your experience because even mm-hmm. for me like the aspect that you talk about uh about like jamaican culture the fact that it was something that you only had in the house mm-hmm. i think that was something like i can so relate as well because really i didn't bring Ghanaian culture outside my house like outside of my house I didn't really I, I felt like kind of embarrassed and especially like mm-hmm. when I was like young I 
then be like, oh yeah, like although I, I still kind of have a, a bit of sense of pride still of like where my parents came from. But the fact that seeing that the people around me didn't appreciate that, I think that would make me feel certainly made me feel a little bit like shy and to a certain extent ashamed of um or like yeah, having an immigrant background. And especially because in uh, like in America maybe it's more common that more people have immigrant backgrounds. But as you said, like mm-hmm. the, the black people that descended and that were born and raised there, like have a completely different experience from you. So like yeah, so like in Italy for the longest time being an immigrant and I feel even still now has very negative connotation, especially for the narrative that the media will say. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned of the family that I mentioned earlier. So yeah, it's just yeah, I can still relate to everything that you said and it is just a part of our culture. Like for me I connected later on with Kenyan culture as well. And I felt it was more like in high school. Because with the fact that I wanted to fit in to a certain extent, um, in middle school, like I, I spoke less and less about Ghanaian culture. And mm-hmm. although still have teachers that have been like encouraged me to still like connect with my culture. Like one time I remember my teacher in middle school invited my mom to do like some Ghanaian um, desserts and stuff. Um, yeah, but still it was something that, oh, I, I remember even one time. Like, I had to wear some dress set, like an African dress, because after, like, a, a school play of my, one of my siblings, we had to go to a conference with my parents. And, and I remember, like, I had this African dress, and I was so embarrassed about it, because I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I was about 12, 13, and, and I felt very uncomfortable. But then now, I'm just there, like, mm? Why can't we incorporate some African prints? Why can't we? <laughs> so every now and then you see me like rocking it. So yeah, I can so relate. And also, I have a question, especially what you shared about like, mm. oh, by the way, the thing that you have to stick your head to your books, that's also my parents as well. Girl, they were like, yeah. Yeah, they were like, we are not here to play. Like, that's what they would tell me all the time. So I can relate to that. And something that I wanted to uh, understand and unpack there, you think, why is there that, for example, um, like immigrants, like Jamaican immigrants, that's something that goes in the US, like African immigrants as well, they, um, the assumption is that uh, the black Americans, are like are seen as less serious and they do not see um their struggle like a war like and their trauma for example. Mm-hmm. Do you think do you think why is this so mm-hmm. yeah girl literally as you say that I'm like yes exactly that is so true and because yeah I think it's very interesting. And if there's any fellow Black Americans listening um, or immigrants, uh, children of immigrants um, that are from America, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting even today. And so um, I would say first, first, first off, 
it, it's so true because it's just like there is a lot of trauma within the African-American community in the United States based on all the stuff that has went down throughout the years and like the way that they, they've been sliding, slighted and how they are sometimes some Blacks are really just at a disadvantage when they even mm-hmm. just begin their life. And so it's not always yeah. easy to just assume that like they're not serious, they're lazy and they don't mm-hmm. take this seriously mm-hmm. when there's like, yep. a lot of other factors that con- contribute to that. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, because like with Caribbeans, I can, I'll speak for, you know, Caribbeans or like more specifically, like the Jamaicans more specifically even mm-hmm. further parents like they grew up in Jamaica there wasn't much racism there yes there is kind of like you know like there are like white people in Jamaica um white Jamaicans and and Asian Jamaicans um for sure and you can kind of see the divide there but for the most part everybody's black and it's just like you don't really experience like too much racism and it's like Mm -hmm. you're not there's not as much like trauma there in a sense and so like you come to the states and not having went through what these black americans have went to went through you just think like i don't understand why they're not taking things Mm. seriously why they're just like falling into the wayside when you know you're in this country and you have all these opportunities and you're not taking advantage of it and so Mm. yeah definitely that yeah however what's also interesting is that like you Uh can see sometimes today and I was talking about this with some of my girlfriends who um are also like um children of immigrants where um Uh there are some like African-Americans who feel like Caribbean Americans are definitely different and like even if they were born in America like you can't really claim being a, a real Black American, you know? And so like, and I feel like this definitely might just be a part of, like, a Black Twitter thing because, you know, Black Twitter be acting up. Um, <laughs> but, like, literally there was, like, a debate or whatever uh-huh. it was about, like, um, Black History Month in February and how there would be some people who were African Americans that would say, like, Caribbean Americans shouldn't really be celebrating um, Black History Month oh, wow. because they Ooh. weren't Ooh. here to experience like all the things that like happen <laughs> and you know and, and then <laughs> wow yeah and then there's Caribbeans that's like you know what whatever okay I don't care we have our own month in June and we'll just we don't that. care <laughs> exactly we don't <laughs> care you know like, yeah. So, yeah. And it's just, it's so dumb, but there, there, I know. there, there is like a, a divide there, but look, I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Mm, I want to look me a bit on this, um, on this divide because you shared different things. So you shared about your parents uh, growing up in a predominantly like a uh, black country, although despite yeah. being diverse, I think it's also important to recognize um, I feel like the trauma as well. Um, I feel uh, people from Jamaica and people from other Caribbean countries have mm-hmm. also experienced because mm-hmm. I think I'm all from like this is why we are diaspora, literally this segment 
because I feel it's so important that as people of the diaspora, especially, like we come together with conversation and also like we stick together. And I think it's also important to acknowledge the fact that also Jamaica has been colonized by the British. Absolutely. And yeah, it's important to acknowledge as well, like, I feel like the recent divide in Jamaica, although I haven't been there, although with what I read and understood, the majority of richness is not for the black folks, right? Is that correct for me? Um, yeah. Like the wealth. Is- the wealth, yeah, is predominantly amongst the white Jamaicans there, correct? Um, mm-hmm. And there are, and there's wealthy, you know, black Jamaicans yeah of course for sure sure. but it's like but it's true it seems it's like even and and honestly like I'm not the most knowledgeable about Jamaica Mm -hmm. so please don't kill me guys but I think for the most part like um white Jamaicans might be viewed in a higher esteem um Mm -hmm. compared to like other blacks and it's just like pretty much like how it kind of is like everywhere so yep Yep, yep, yep. I can still relate to that. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think, yeah, as important. So I feel like one in a way that we can overcome this diaspora, like wars, like wars among diaspora. I think it's important to acknowledge like the common like trauma and experiences. And I think, like, of course, like I feel Jamaica has a different experience because that's the revolution that happens there with figures such as Marcus Garvey. Mm-hmm. Right, that will build like the pride between the Caribbeans and the mm-hmm. self-determination of the Caribbeans. I think that could be of like even like support and uh, to such extent and build as well and contribute to the um to in this case uh Black African American uh experience mm-hmm. too. So that's that's why I love like <laughs> I love I, I don't know. Do I call myself a Pan Africanist? Probably, I don't know, but yeah, I think, I don't know, today I'll just be like, I'm going to have today, but I'm all, but I'm all for the, like, people coming together from, like, different backgrounds, and especially, yeah. like, people from the African diaspora, yeah. um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I think it's important as well for the, like, Black Americans, isn't it, like, to take into consideration the aspect of, like, First of all, Black History Month is celebrated in different places mm-hmm. too. Like it also thanks to the African American experience, Black American experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, like other people also celebrate Black History Month. Like in the UK, <laughs> it's celebrated in October, for example, and yeah. because it was established that way. So you know, like there are different Black histories, and I think it's not about like the war among each other but i think it's about, about like what similarities do we have and how can we come together and yeah. i think that's so important but it's interesting you know because i when i lived in the uk what i understood is oftentimes like africans who have like negative stereotypes about the car- people from the caribbean and mm-hmm. then and there was talk about like as you said like your mom would say about the African Americans that they were like, oh, like, oh, they, oh, they, they seem lazy and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. what they would happen in the uh, UK? I feel like sometimes I heard people would say that about people from the Caribbean. 
and mm. it's crazy how that life plays out because as well like people from the Caribbean, the Caribbeans, oftentimes have been longer in the UK compared yeah. that people from um from that uh, like in this case directly from the African continent. So it's just interesting to see this dynamic played out as well. And uh, also, I'm sorry about something else today. Um, yeah, and also the fact like the wars between diasporas. Like my, fr- I remember my friend told me that um, in like Caribbeans who look down on Africans uh, or people of African descent, African continent, but then when Afrobeats started happening in London, people actually started enjoy uh, like actually like complimenting Africans on Afrobeats and Jamaicans who start playing and Jamaicans the people from the Caribbean who start playing actually uh, Afrobeat songs. Like, yeah. So it's interesting all this diaspora wars, you know. <laughs> yeah, girl. It's so true. Yeah. Definitely 100% agree. Um, I, I definitely do agree. I feel like there are some like Caribbeans and more specifically Jamaicans that would look down upon like, you know, Africans or African des- those of African descent. Um, mm-hmm. and, but it's just like, it seems like it's also like a cool thing. It's like, oh, it's cool to be African now. You know, there's Afrobeats, Drogba, Joanna. Joe, Joe, like you have all these like hot songs coming out from like oh, these African artists. Don't get me. <laughs> don't get Spotify to take down my 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 podcast for copyrights, you know. Oh, oh, my bad girl, my bad shouting. No worries, no worries. Oh, I'm channeling your it, but she did a good thing on the alphabet. <laughs> she did a good job. <laughs> but but it it. <laughs> It's so true, and it's and and it's it's just like yeah, it's a beautiful thing for when the diaspora can like just come together, and it's just like and celebrate yeah. each other without looking down upon each other. Um, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. for sure, for sure, girl. Yeah, so. absolutely. Because you know, I love that rice and peas, and <laughs> I love me. I would go to and all of them. The dumplings, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I love yeah. them all. That's right, and you know, you know, I, I love the color of Okay, Ghanaian. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, thank okay. you, Shirley. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. This is for the Nigerians. This is for the Nigerians <laughs> that they say like the jollof is better. That's the only war I will fight is on the jollof. Okay. The oh, Ghanaian jollof is better. Period. Literally stay out of that fight. I have no say in that fight. Um, that's so funny. It's it's so funny. And this was part one of our second episode of the Diaspora Hood series. Hope you enjoyed it. My friend Sheree's she's so cool, right? So I hope you tune in for the second part of this conversation next week. Happy New Year. And also, do not forget to follow the Chronicles of a Black Italian Women on Instagram at Chronicles of a A-B-I-W. And you can follow my personal page as well, which is 
add smiley bunny which is with two y's at the end on instagram also if you enjoyed the episode please do not hesitate to share it with your friends and all your stories as well have a great new year and a great week i appreciate you so 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 much take care bye